0: The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network.
1: All are welcome. We're glad you found us. Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.
0: Fascinating interviews and compelling conversations. Be present. The Diane Ray Show. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the show today. Thanks for joining me wherever you are in your part of the world. I'm here in sunny San Diego, and there's actually some major roofing going on (laughs) next door. So, you know, the beauty of live radio, I don't know, I ran out there and said, Hey, I'm doing a radio show, you know, can you guys just stop your roofing? Uh, But hopefully it won't interfere too much in our conversation today, because I've got an amazing story to share with you and an amazing guest. So I just wanted to bring something up, an experience that I've had that is is kind of unique and interesting. So I've been watching something unfold on social media that is really kind of heartbreaking, but it's also uh, really been... You know, having me take note. So a person that I've worked with in the past from my radio days, a really great guy, he's been fighting a battle with throat cancer. And this has been going on for a couple of years. So recently, things have taken a turn for the worst. And he's shared some of his feelings on his Facebook page. And he has a huge following of people here in the San Diego area. I mean, he's such a loved individual. And recently, things haven't been great. He's been told that he should get his affairs in order. You know, he's in hospice now and that the end is imminent. I mean, I can't even imagine what I would feel if if I was told that kind of news. So his last few posts, he hasn't posted anything recently because things are, are just not going well, but he just posted. He wondered why he felt that he had to update his iPhone apps and answer emails I mean, basically, even with this really dire news, he was just going along with his life for as long as he can, can, you know, just trying to have a normal everyday existence. And so what's been interesting in that he's sharing this online to his, his social media following and all his friends, and it's just been an outpouring of comments and love and support from hundreds of people that he's worked with over the years. And some people have been saying they're praying for a miracle. Others have been offering support. Some still think he can recover, like we're, we're pl- praying for you to get better. It's just been interesting how different people's reactions and how they're handling the grief over the very idea of losing him. And just kind of watching this unfold has been really interesting. And and it kind of brings me to my guest today. Now, she's written a beautiful book on ways to deal with grief and honor our loved ones in this process. And my guest today is Misty Thompson. She's a best-selling author, intuitive spiritual life coach, teacher and speaker. And she's written a very beautiful and powerful book called From Grief to Acceptance, which presents ways that you can embrace your own spiritual gifts as you're moving through the grieving process. And Misty, I just wanted to welcome you to the show. Thanks so much for joining me today.
2: Well, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here.
0: Well, it's such important work that you're doing, and I've always felt just in my own experience in dealing with grief and loss that, um, and I shared that story earlier, just how different people handle it, how some people want to kind of deny what's happening, others are embracing it, um, and how we all deal with grief differently, as it's something that we're all going to have to face in this human experience. I mean, we're all going to die someday, we're all going to lose people in our lifetime, and just the ways that different people move through this process and handle it. And you had a really extraordinary situation in your own life that kind of led you to this spiritual work and you wrote about this in a previous book so i was just hoping that you could share a little bit of your own personal story that led you to the work that you're doing now and how oh you were able to connect to your own spiritual gifts yeah sure so back in 1993
2: um, I lost my sister. Um, she passed away. Um, she was missing for fifty-five days, and her remains were found about ten miles from where I live now. In the in I live in southeastern Arizona, so it was in August, and it was um, just yeah, it was awful. You know, the summer. It was in August, Arizona. It was just it was awful, and. You know, she was 23, I was 24, uh, but, you know, my mom, it didn't matter, and I understand that. It doesn't matter how old your kids are. That was her baby, you know, that was her second-born child, and um, she didn't, we couldn't, we didn't know where she was at, you know. It she, My mom was very good and still is about connecting with me, but she would connect with my sister and myself every single day or at least every other day we would be in contact with my mom and she knew something was wrong immediately and you know that's you know it was just a whirlwind you know i'm trying to i'm trying to work and help my mom but in the meantime like you were saying i had my own experience where it was nighttime you know we kind of felt at this point that she was gone because she would have contacted us somehow some way but she came to me in the form of a spiritual contact and i know you know i work with clients and i i some of the people that i've worked with it's the same thing you know when you are experiencing grief when you have a loved one who's passed away it is so interesting because people will come to me and say was that a dream i had a dream about my loved one and it seems so real and I'm thinking and I say to them that's because it is real it truly is them it's just in a different a different way that we're not you know for us it's like when you you have to see it to believe it so if you don't see it you don't really recognize it you don't understand it and and so people kind of think that it's just their imagination and it really isn't I found that out because I was scared at this. And it was 1993, so I couldn't get on the Internet and say, hey, has anyone else had these experiences? Because we didn't have the Internet back in 1993. And, right. And a lot of my family um, and my coworkers had thought, you know what, you're just really stressed out. I'm sure this didn't really happen. And I'm like, oh, no, it happened. You. Know? And it wasn't until my mom ended up hiring a private investigator out of the Phoenix area, and one of his questions to my mom was has anyone in your family been spiritually contacted and then that's how I knew that all of those because I probably had at that point I probably had five or six encounters and it happened at night and you know because you know when we're sleeping we're so close and we're so open to receive messages and you know she just kept telling me you know do not worry about me I'm fine do not try to find out what happened. It doesn't matter. You know, the person who's responsible, just get over it because it doesn't matter. They will have their time, their judgment day. Do not stress about it. Life is too short. I mean, all of these messages kept coming to me, but, and, but it wasn't until, um, I retired from my job, my federal, I worked at the federal prison and I retired in 2015 that's when I wrote the story or wrote the the book about my sister and that's when all of the messages for this book came came to be. So it's interesting how it all unfolded for me, but it it is a traumatic experience no matter who it is. I mean it was my only sibling. It was just awful. So I totally understand and I can totally relate to people who are grieving because I, saw I can't it. even I saw imagine different aspects.
0: Yeah. I mean, just that experience that you went through, and I believe that that case it, has that never been solved to this day definitively, it like what actually solved.
2: happened? Yeah, wow. it has never been solved. And the person who admitted being the last person to see her alive, uh, he has passed away. So in the police report, he admitted to the police that he was the last person to see her alive. And my question to the police was, well, if he was the first or the last person to see her alive, then he must have been the first person to see her dead. I mean, how does he know that? How does he know he's the last person to see her alive?
0: Right. So, and he just took those answers with him, whatever he knew. Oh, and yes, and absolutely. really, it will never... So. I mean, you'll never really, I guess, get that definitive closure in that no, in that situation. I mean, you've no, come to terms on your own uh, of what happened, but right,
2: yeah. yeah. And you know, in our hearts, we know. And but, and I don't know. My mom has made peace with it, but I am a hundred percent at peace. And I know that I I don't even want to know the answers. I don't care about the answers. I don't search for the answers because really. It doesn't matter to me. And I finally have come to peace with that, that, you know, I'm supposed to live life to be the best version of myself. And when I do that, I'm honoring my sister. And by me finding the answers, that's just the ego mind trying to rationalize it. And I needed to let the spiritual side just, you know, and realize that God's in control, God's going to take care of me, God has taken care of my sister, and I have to be at peace with that. And I I personally have been, I can say 100% I'm at peace with that.
0: Um, and if people want to read more uh, mm-hmm. uh, about this, yeah, I mean, I, I want people to check out the the story of, of this whole experience here, if they want to read uh, your first book, By Your Side, yeah. A Journey of mm-hmm. Two Sisters Through Love and Sacrifice you can find yes. out a little bit more about the disappearance and what happened to, right. to you, the disappearance and death of your sister Stephanie uh, back in 1993. Mm-hmm. But going yeah. through that and and what you gleaned from that experience ultimately led you to write this book, From Grief mm-hmm. to Acceptance, An yeah. Active Process for Healing. And I think, mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's a short book. It's, it's a quick read, but so valuable. I mean, I picked up right. a lot of... Uh, interesting, um, you know, information and and your perspective on how to deal with these kind of situations. And I think it's really valuable. I really want to share that uh, with the listeners. I'm talking to Misty Thompson, and I hope you go to her website as well, mistythompson.com. If you'd like to join the conversation at some point, uh, we are here live 816-251-3555 is the number to get in touch if you had a question. And as I was reading this book, I mean, and well, first of all, I do want to validate, you know, what you're saying, as far as from my own personal experience about opening yourself up to that kind of communication. I mean, even just last night, you know, usually I'll wake up once or twice throughout the night, and it's usually around four or five in the morning. And that's when I do kind of my, my prayer work, you know, I'll I'll have that quiet moment, it's really super quiet, it's very peaceful at that time of the morning. And that's when I'll, you know, reach out. And I said a specific prayer last night, and it was after reading your book as well, that I really wanted to have a a connection with my mom. And sure enough, like, I I went back to sleep. And I had a dream where I was talking to her, you know, and and we had a conversation. And she said that she had no regrets. And I mean, my mother's been gone for seven years. But it was just interesting that that's, that was kind of the Mm -hmm. message. I mean, there were other things that we talked about, but now like you have to write it down in, in, in the moment, you know, Uh, and that's, that's a great tip. Like if you do have a dream, just kind of put down the main points, but I did get that one message and I'm like, sure enough, it, it works. If you can ask for that and you ask for that connection and you're open to it, you will get it. And and if it hadn't happened to me more than once, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have, believed it so you do kind of go through that that period of denial that it's not possible for us to have contact with our loved ones after death but it is oh, yeah. and i just it's i just wanted to impossible. share that story because i was surprised that it actually happened you know just yeah. last night and i was hoping mm-hmm. for for that connection you know I, I was really missing her so you were describing um that in the beginning you know when she first came to you you know it, it was scary and I mean, I didn't, but you actually saw something, it was like a a visual vision, or was this just something that you saw kind of in your head type of thing?
2: Yeah, that's exactly, it was something I saw in my head, so I was half awake, and I was half asleep, you know, when you're kind of in between there, and um, I saw her sitting in a chair, and we were just talking. It was weird, it was like from my point of view, but I couldn't see me, but And she was just in a chair, and we were talking back and forth. And I finally, at at some point, I asked her, I said, where are you? Because we didn't know where she was at. And she just said, you know, that doesn't matter right now. You know, have faith. You're going to find my body will be found. It's okay. Just, you know, relax. You know, that kind of thing. She was, like, reassuring me. And you know that's why I'm I'm a huge believer that she helped me on my spiritual journey on the other side and because that's what kind of woke me up you know sometimes people say they've had like a traumatic event that's happened to them before they wake up well that was my awakening her tragedy was my awakening and and as a result because I she needed my forgiveness, she was able to move forward on her spiritual path on the other side. And it was so, I mean, it was real, and I know that with every fiber of my being, that that's exactly what happened. And, you know, with that, I just, I want to honor her because that was, I felt so honored that she came to me, and I was able to pick up on that and I was able to be open for it. So after I got used to the idea, then you know, she started coming around a little bit more. But now it's I can just hear a song and it'll remind me of her. And then I know she's with me right then and there. So and it's not scary. It's not at night anymore. It's not scary for me anymore. Because I understand it better now. Back then nobody really talked about that. So
0: Right. I mean, it's something that's being talked about a lot more, which I think is great, you know, and, and people are yeah. feeling more comfortable in accepting and, and I I really believe that we all have these spiritual gifts, you know, to some degree or another, and it's just whether we want to enhance it, you know, whether we want to work with it. And I, I think it's just part of us as, as being human, that yeah. we do have this spiritual side that we tend to ignore. And does she still contact you, um, Mm -hmm. you know, regularly or is it just kind of like you you still feel that connection? Yeah,
2: It's interesting because I will hear a song and it reminds me of her, but I know she's around and connecting with me because of like being on your show. That's a great opportunity. I know my sister had a hand in that. You know, she's pulling some strings on the other side (laughs) to help me with, to get the message out. Uh, You know, I'm going to be at Barnes & Noble, you know, these kinds of things that I never would have even imagined myself doing. Uh, So I know she's with me in that sense. But, yeah, sometimes I'll smell. um, I'll smell something and it reminds me of her or, um, yeah, just a song on the radio and, it's not like she contacts me like she used to. And I think that's because I've evolved too and I all I got to do if I wanted to con- to contact her all I'd have to do is close my eyes and think of her and I know I would feel her around me. So, you know, it's because I I now 100% believe it and I know I'm capable of it. You know, I feel like sometimes people they do they don't believe that they have the ability to or they you know they're they don't know how to contact their loved ones and we all have that ability it's just you know when we put our minds to it and we try to manipulate it and try to control it at a you know a certain time like with you you said hey I would like to speak to my mom you went to sleep and there you go you know that kind of thing but and that's what you have to do but if you are just Wrapped in your brain trying to connect with a loved one, it will not happen because that means your brain and your head and your mind is getting in the way. And that's when it won't work. It just has to be when
0: you are relaxed,
2: open. Yeah. So it does take practice.
0: Right. No, I totally agree. And I've seen in different situations as well because I've talked with a lot of people and worked with a lot of people who are mediums. And I was doing an interview with John Holland, and you mentioned him in your book, and, and I love him. He's he's such a great guy. And he was doing some readings, and there was one reading he did where there wasn't really anything to share. It wasn't a strong connection. And there there was someone there, but it, like they didn't feel the need, I guess, to come forward. Then in the next reading, it was very strong. The connection was so strong w- with the person. I was in the studio. He was on the phone, and the other person is on the phone. And I could feel the energy really shift where I was, oh, yeah. like the the hair rose up on my, um, on my arm, I'm like, wow, this is amazing. And he really had an important message to share. And I asked him about it later. And, and he's like, well, it's like there if there isn't really anything to, to relate or share or a reason, I guess, to get to get in contact, then there isn't there's like, you can't just demand right. a message or, or a contact, if there's nothing to share, where in the one call, there wasn't in the in the second person, there was this need to share this message to to give hope, you know, and mm-hmm. healing to this woman. Her son had died like really quickly mm-hmm. in a, a tragic motorcycle accident very suddenly oh, right. and unexpected. So it was just interesting where the two the you know, the one was such kind of a weak connection and the other was such strong connection. And really this experience opened you up to your own spiritual gifts, which you continued to enhance and, and work with and led you on a totally different path. I mean, I can only imagine after like 20 plus years working in the correctional system, you know, in Arizona, too, of all places. I mean, just what, what a difference in in life calling and life paths. But I wanted to get a little bit more into your book as well, because I think it's it's just so valuable. So what I thought was interesting, when um, we had just a few minutes until the break, um, we'll, we'll go into it a little bit more as well in the second segment. But you know, most people are familiar with the Elizabeth Kubler-Ross model of the five stages of, of grief or acceptance of death, which are denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and finally acceptance. And I really liked your approach in your book of um, the five encouraging phases of grief. So I just thought we could touch on that a little bit before the break, because I think it's, sure. it's a valuable way to look at it, you know, to look yeah, at the absolutely. experience. Yes. So what would you say um, are, the, are the five phases? Yeah, the five phases are
2: um, love, choosing love over fear. Uh, the second is choosing vulnerability over shame. The third, choosing compassion over judgment. Then there's choosing forgiveness over resentment and then choosing gratitude over guilt.
0: I love that because what was great in as I was reading it, not only can you make that shift in a situation of a death or a tragic event, but even in your regular dealings with people, um, you know, rather than approaching someone with, you know, anger, you can choose love. Um, yes. you know, you, using compassion. So I thought those those were really valuable points to make. And when you work mm-hmm. with people, because you do um, take clients and, and you're a spiritual mm-hmm. life coach, do you work with them through these steps?
2: Yeah, you know, what I do is I work with them based on what they need. So if it's a grief, if it's a grieving thing, I do focus a lot on these steps. Now, and that's to... You know, make no mistake that, of course, we're still going to have anger. We're still going to have those other ones too. But I like to focus on the more uplifting ones, the one that brings your frequency up instead of pushing it down further. Um, but yeah, I absolutely do. It's tailored to what they need. So yeah, I absolutely use these should they need it.
0: And some of the steps I thought were really interesting. You know, using vulnerability. I mean, that's a, a hard place for some people to get to because we don't yeah. we don't want to be vul- vulnerable. We don't want to show that side. Hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. And you know, vulnerability it could be it could mean something like weakness,
2: and sometimes it is. But in this sense, it's being vulnerable to the sense of it's okay to let your emotions out. If you're sad about something, it's okay. You don't have to fight back the tears. You know, within reason, you know, if you need to take some time and, you know, excuse yourself into your room for 30 minutes, an hour, whatever it is, it's important that we allow those emotions to flow. When you push it down, it will just fester, and it it will come out somehow, some way. And I have found including myself, that it comes out in a physical sense, so with physical pain. And I have found that a lot of people, once they have um, released whatever emotion that they're pushing down, the physical pain seems to kind of dissolve away. Um, That's exactly what happened with me, and I know it had to do with the grief of my sister and just, you know, my life experiences in general. So, yeah, vulnerability is a huge one. And it is okay to show your emotions. It really is okay. And I believe it's important for, a, for our children to see us to express their emotions. You know, it's okay to, you know, if we're upset, it's okay to be upset, but you have to do it in a more, in a way where your emotions are not controlling you, where you are just letting them flow naturally. Because that's why we have emotions.
0: Right. That was one of the questions I was going to ask you. I'm glad you brought that up, you know, advising people to uh, let their grief express itself, you know, without necessarily letting it take over your life, you know, and I think people feel that there's a certain time limit for that, you know, that, oh, you should get over it, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm sure you don't agree with that. I mean, I think that things kind of take their take their own time and that you should you should feel it when when it comes up right? I mean, instead I, of just suppress it. I
2: totally it. agree with that. Now, I, in my experience with my sister, I did have people tell me that, and people close to me, like, oh, you know what? You need to get over it. The funeral's over. You just need to get over it now. And it doesn't work that way. It's kind of like everything just came, like, hit me, you know, on that day of her funeral. And um, it, yeah, everybody's different, and they respond differently. And I could go two or three years and all of a sudden hear a song and burst out crying. And I still do that occasionally. Uh, so, but now I don't have anybody telling me that I'm not supposed to feel that way because now I know it is okay. I know that. And you know, that's my hope is that other people who are struggling with grief, they will know that too, that it is okay. They do not have to be strong and they can express their emotions of course especially for men oh exactly especially for men. yeah it's it's strange right how a lot of men they do they kind of clam up and i think because you know they've been taught that you need to be strong and and you know they don't have to
0: right we're going to come right back with some more conversation here with misty thompson talking more about her book from grief to acceptance and we'll be taking just a short break we'll be right back here on unity online radio stay close
1: practical spirituality positive messages This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. As Unity Online Radio continues to expand its programming and outreach around the world, we depend on the generosity of listeners like you. If you enjoy the programming, please make your donation today by going to unityonlineradio.org and click on Donate. Thank you for your support. Here's a Unity Wisdom Moment with Eric Butterworth. We have mistaken the idea that life is a journey between certain limited points on an endless highway. You come into life and, and that down the road somewhere there's a tombstone that says this is where you stop and it's later than you think and we rush, rush, hurry, hurry, trying to get it all done to jam it all into the journey because after all, as we say, life's all too short. And this is a totally erroneous concept. Time does not come into existence moment by moment and second by second and then pass on pass on into nothingness. Time is basically the creation of earthbound man. There is no time in spirit, and whether or not you're aware of it, there's no time out there in outer space. There's nothing to set your watch by. Your watch is totally useless. There is always time enough to do the things that should be done. To hear more talks from Eric Butterworth, visit TruthUnity.net.
2: Ready to roll the dice? Check out the new intention dice from Unity. Five dice, different colors, each with words that can prompt you to set an intention for the day. Create an affirmation or journal your thoughts. Roll the green die for abundance and see what comes up. Enriched, worthy, generous. Blue for health. Energetic, whole, radiant. Five Dice, Limitless Possibilities for Your Life. Find them at unity.org slash dice.
1: Get your copy of Unity Magazine this month and discover timeless spiritual principles that you can apply to your life today. David White discusses the connection between poetry and presence. Dan Milman outlines the four purposes of life. And Mirabai Starr celebrates the divine feminine in an excerpt from her latest book, Wild Mercy. Subscribe for one year and save $5 off the cover price and get the digital edition free. Go to unitymagazine.org and get a free trial issue today.
0: The world is full of people with amazing stories. I'm Diane Ray, and make plans to join me every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 3 p.m. Central for my radio show, Be Present. Each week, I invite you to join in the conversation as I talk to guests about health and wellness, spirituality, metaphysics, philosophy, and a lot more. I want to share information that you can apply to your life today. Listen live or download the show later on demand. I hope you can tune in here on unityonlineradio.org, the voice of an awakening world. Call now with your question or comment. 816-251-3555. That's 816-251-3555. Welcome back to Be Present, the Diane Ray Show. Thanks for coming back, everybody, and joining me for the show, coming back through the break here. My guest today is Misty Thompson, and we're talking about her new book, From Grief to Acceptance, an active process for healing while honoring our loved ones. And you can find Misty online at mistythompson.com. And also, before the end of the show, we'll let you know where you can get in touch with her. She's doing a book tour with her new book and popping around to some different places here Um, through Arizona, and also here on the West. So if you're in that part of the world around Washington and Arizona, you can see Misty in person. So there's so many great things that you bring up in the book, some different points that I just wanted to ask you about. Um, You know, first of all, before we went to the break, we were talking a little bit about, you know, dealing with the actual grief itself, you know, without letting it take over your life and being able to release that, you know, and that there's really no time limit for that with people. And you said, um, you know, a big part of how you got through it was, you know, working on trusting, believing and having faith in a higher power during these situations and knowing that things will, will work themselves out. I mean, I think that's a tough thing for some people to, to kind of get around as well you know, if you weren't brought up in any kind of spiritual tradition or or don't really have a strong faith, you know, first of all, an experience like this is going to rock you to the core. How can you believe in a God that would allow such a horrible thing to happen? I mean, how did you reconcile that dealing with this tragedy? Uh,
2: I, I began to realize that we all have our own path. And I... And whether you believe in a higher power or not, I mean, I think a lot of it has to do with your frame of mind, your perceptions, And it's just knowing that, I don't know if it's true or not, but I believe that my sister had a path to do. And her path was to live the life that she lived. And her path was to die the way she died. I don't like it. I never will like it. I I never approve of it. But at the same time, I don't want to be stuck in that, that part of it when there's so much more to, the, to this world, to this life. And I just began to realize, because I went through all that too, like, why did she have to go through this? It's not fair. And I was mad at God, honestly. I was mad at my sister. I was mad, you know, you do the angry thing. You know, my mom had to go through all this. Why? Why? She doesn't deserve this. You know, all of these emotions. And after, you know, it's been 25 years, now I know that there is a reason. and um, I just have to trust it. I may not understand it. Whether you believe in a higher power or not, uh, part of living is dying. And we don't always get to um, choose when we go we don't always get to you know make that determination when and we don't need to know that we don't need to know when we're going to pass away or our loved ones are going to so we just have to make the best life possible and it was a huge awakening because it made me realize you know as so many people when they lose somebody life is so short And when life is short like that, you know, if you have regrets, then, you know, a lot of people beat themselves up, first of all, if they have regrets, second of all, my mom, you know, I should have done this, I should have done that, I could have done this, why didn't I do this? And, you know, I just, I don't know what it was, but my sister had that, she convinced me that. This is the way it needed to be. This was how it was going to be. And it was, I was going to move forward and and help honor her in a way where I'm helping people. And she was going to go on the other side and orchestrate it from the other side. And whether you believe in that or not, it to me, that part doesn't matter. I mean, because everyone has their own way. But the important thing is if... If that will help you get past the grief, then by all means do it. You know, connect with your loved ones, whether people believe in it or not. You know, I've had people tell me, I believe that you believe you connected with your sister. Well, I'm thinking, mm, I don't know if that's a compliment or not. You know, <laughs> I guess it could be right. way. But if it makes me feel better, then what's, what, Then you know, what's, What's the big right. deal What about other
0: it? proof? Yeah. What other proof do they need? Right. In, right. in that and, in that case.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So that, that's you know, so interesting. It,
2: yeah. So it, to me, it's just like everyone just needs to find what it is, and they have to make peace with it. And I can't stress it enough that not just my sister, but our loved ones on the other side want us to honor them, and we can honor them by living a good life living an honest life, being kind to people, but that's just it, living life, not being stuck in grief. It was very clear to me, you know,
0: yeah. Well, I really like that point. And it's something that I've noticed in, in working with people that do the work that you do. A lot of people will come to you and I've seen people ask other mediums, Mm -hmm. are, are they okay? You know, like you would say, is my sister okay? And I really believe that we don't bring the pain or whatever that we're dealing with here on, on this earthly plane to wherever we're going to in, in the next world. You know, so right. they're, they're by all means, okay, we're the ones that yeah. are not okay. <laughs> you know, we're, we're dealing Absolutely. with the aftermath, and everything else they have they don't they, they are not worried about that they're they're in another they're moved into another realm another consciousness where wherever you think that we go and then we're kind of sifting through uh, the rubble and i thought that your journey was especially interesting where you mentioned you went through a lot of anger in in dealing with your sister's death like well why did you have this kind of lifestyle or if you hadn't you know been hanging out with these people having these relationships Which, I I mean, I would think the same thing, you know, you're angry, like, what's the reason? What's the reason for it? So here's, here's another question that i like to ask people, maybe you can give me your, your perspective on this. So there's some people that say, you know, that old adage of everything happens for a reason. And I always kind of have a problem with that, because is there really a reason? Are there random things that happen in life that we apply reason to? To, to make it make sense to us you know what right. I mean or yeah or like have you you know or, or how as you describe it, you feel that we make these contracts these are sometimes things that we may agree to. you know what I mean right So is there yeah. a is there a, a difference in that is some things do right. happen for a reason do we make reason or make sense of horrible events? Exactly.
2: I think that's that is a lot of it. Um, I do believe that, and this is just based on from, you know, my connection with my sister and everything, that we are, we do have that contract. Um, Everything happens for a reason. It does, but I don't believe it's God is making certain things happen. And what I mean by that is because we have free will here on earth, a lot of our decisions, our choices, gets us to where we are. You know, whether we like it or not, ultimately our choices have gotten us where we are. Now, of course, when you're younger, it's the choices of our parents that influence us and get get us to the point of where we are, and we make our own choices, and we have to live with the consequences. So does everything have a reason? Yes. When it comes to grief, there, I believe like exactly what you said, people apply that to help find the reason, you know, it helps, it helps their mind because the mind is trying to find, you know, the analytical part to it and trying to figure it out why this happened. So if we just kind of say, Hey, everything happens for a reason, it puts our mind at ease and it stops the mind a lot of times from going. Now I know not everybody can do that, but, um, I do believe that there is a plan for each of us. However, we have to initiate that plan into action. We have to take that inspired action to do it. You know, we can't just say, oh, God has a plan for me and not do anything about it. You know, just sit there and wait. It won't happen. But, you know, we have to take steps to that. And, you know, so like, The part, like you said, for everything happens for a reason. It does, and the reason is we are, we have our choices, and we have the consequences of those choices that we are dealing with. Now, ultimately, I have found that, like in my sister's case, I do believe she would have passed away when she did. Based on her choices, it was either by... Somebody doing it to her murder like in her case or it could have been a car accident but I do believe she would have passed away when she did no doubt in my mind um, just from what I've gathered from her I call them my downloads I get my downloads and I do believe that's what would have happened to her regardless um, it's just based on her life choices she chose different scenarios and ultimately she passed away so um
0: to me that's that's an interesting perspective so you feel she would have left early she would have left this world early anyway this uh, based but based on her choices here that's how it unfolded yes absolutely
2: yeah definitely you know because i do believe that we do have a timestamp or whatever (laughs) or expiration expiration date date. (laughs) (laughs) we do have an expiration date and you know i could make choices like oh i'm gonna fly on this day and you know i don't want to you know but uh, on my vacation i could pass away or i could say you know what i was going to go on vacation but i'm not feeling it so i'm going to do this and then something else happened you know so i do believe that expiration date is there you know, um, I just believe that depending on the situation based on our choices, that's how it it's determined how we how we go um you know, and for that, I do believe God has a reason for when I'm going to pass when I'm going to pass away. I feel like you know I have that, and whether that's true or not, I don't know. I mean, I believe it's true, I've gotten it from my sister, I've gotten it from other people. Who've passed away. Some people may not believe it, and that's totally fine. That's totally cool. Um, But it helps me too. It helps me uh, with my sister. It helps with loved ones, that kind of thing. And ultimately, if it can help put me at ease, then, like I said earlier, then what's the problem? You know, what's the big deal with it? You know? Right. But it's what makes sense to me.
0: Yeah. Exactly, I think we all have to come to to those conclusions, and I urge people yeah. to pick up the book. I mean, I I really enjoyed it. I think it's it's an an easy read. It's an easy way for people to understand um, and accept things like that that happen. And and I think we really need to change the conversation, especially in this country, about. Um, you know those kind of events and about death in general it's something that we just don't really want to talk about and a lot of people that wouldn't even have these kind of conversations with their parents or like what do you want to do what are your wishes that kind of thing that it's a a morbid or depressing thing to do and Mm -hmm. and also i really feel strongly too with the with the medical um community and dealing with doctors i think they need a lot of um coaching and and work on this because why not you know like like the the man I was talking about at the, at the beginning of the show, you know, rather than tell this man, "Look, you have three, you have three weeks to live," which was what he was told, you know, why not say, "Well, this may happen. This may be the outcome." You know, enjoy the time that you have left. I, I just really have a problem with people being told that kind of information that you have X amount of days because I think really. None of us know. Like you said, we, we don't know when when those things are gonna happen. And maybe it's predetermined in some way, some cosmic way, that we can't wrap our pea brains around and maybe it's right. not, you know. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I I think it's um it's an interesting conclusion that that yeah. we all have to come to. Um, yeah. and your journey I just think was was so powerful just coming from your background of, you know, being in the world of working, you know, in the prison system that you did and just being around these kind of hardened people and, mm-hmm. and then making that big shift to doing the work that you're doing now after going through yeah. this experience, um, you know, yeah. must've been just really, really transformative.
2: Yeah, it really was. And when I was working, you know, I had only been at the prison for a couple of years, when my sister passed, and I thought I was okay. I really thought I was fine. I would have moments where I'd just start crying. And, you know, thank goodness, you know, my supervisor was supportive and understanding. And, you know, he was very kind to me during that time. And, but it wasn't, like I said, it wasn't until way after the fact when I retired and I wrote the first book, that's when I really had the healing, the therapeutic healing happening so, I mean, it and it took me, like, over 25 years. So I just feel like, you know, I guess it just depends on the person when they're ready. They have to, you know, they have to have some living experience, you know, just other experiences on top of it maybe. That's what happened with me. So um, it may take a while for people to get over it, and it is okay. And it really is crazy because, crazy in a good way, that when um, – after I wrote the book about my sister, because I would write it, I would cry for a month off and on. Then I would write it again. So it took me a long time to write the first book because it was just so hard. And I realized I needed to do that to release her death. And I had so much awareness during, during all of that process. And as a result, you know, i It just hit me, these five phases of grief and how important it is to, again, I'm going back to it, but it is so important to honor our loved ones. And I know you had kind of, you you had said earlier about, you know, our, it's true when, when our loved ones pass or when we pass, we don't have those human emotions, that's gone. So we're doing fine, you know, because we don't have that heaviness with the emotions. However, I do believe that when you have a soul connection, you always have that soul connection, and even though they may not feel it, our loved ones do know when we're hurting, and they do know um, when we're stuck in grief. You know, and I don't want my sister to to know that about me. Because if that was me, that would be a lot of responsibility on the other side, even though they don't really feel bad. But I don't want my kids to have any of that. I want my kids to learn from my death. And I want my family to learn from my death. And I want them to really live life to the fullest and not be afraid and go for what it is they want. And that's, you know, the big message that I've always connected with, with my sister was, you know, nothing's impossible. You honor me by doing what your heart feels like it needs to do and that's what I exactly Mm
0: -hmm. and you have and also just how those kind of things can be a catalyst like you said you want you wanted to live your best life even led to you Mm -hmm. in a marriage and you know moving forward and and you might you might have done that you know Mm -hmm. or or maybe not at the time that you did if incident ha- hadn't happened, you know, like that might have been a catalyst. Oh, yeah. And, and sometimes I think, you know, a, a ground, a ground shaking event in your life can, can lead to something ultimately positive. Yes. And
2: had I been stuck in that grief, and been afraid to move forward, I wouldn't be where I'm at today, as a result. So, you know, I just know, I always know that. There is a bigger purpose, but it's up to me because I am, you know, I'm the person that has to do it. So I, and I have the free will, so I have to put that, those in motion. And by me just sitting, sitting there just constantly grieving my sister is not going to change anything and it's not going to move me forward at all. And I want to honor my
0: sister. Right, and I think she'd be really proud of the work that you're doing, helping that the people that you're helping, oh, the thanks. coach. Yeah. So, I mean, do, you, do most of the people that you work with are they going through a you know a tragic event? You know, are you helping them with their grief, or do you also help them in other ways?
2: Yeah, I help them in all certain all different ways because the way you know, for instance, there could be an end of a relationship. That's still grief. They're still going through grief of a relationship. So in that sense, these rules apply. You know, these five encouraging phases can apply. Uh, So it just depends on, I mean, I just help a lot of people with different things. But it's interesting because sometimes people will come in thinking they need one thing. And then as I do readings for them and connect them and get them on my coaching, you know, those who are interested in the coaching program, we find that there's something way deeper that needs to be uncovered. And it was just their loved ones were just like, you know what, I'm going to bring you over here just to get the, to get it in motion, you know what I mean, to get that right. thing in motion. And then all of a sudden these other things come through and, you know, they are able to connect with me and then we work it that way too. So it's really interesting because, you know, I love spirit, I love the universe, and I love how God works. You know, God works in a serious ways and all that, and it's so true because people come to me and there's these coincidences, which they're not coincidences, but, you know, they come to me and it's just like, oh, my gosh, you know, or just like you at the beginning, oh, my gosh, it just, you know, I was just thinking about my mom, and, you know, so, I mean, it's just interesting how all of these kind of come into play, Um, and, and that's all, I think that's all being orchestrated from you
0: know, our loved ones who have passed. Right. That's a great feeling, though, when I when I think about that, mm-hmm. of my loved ones are actually kind of helping me or, you know, giving me a sign or something that I need to pay attention to. And that was kind of what I was asking for uh, last night before I, I had that message was, you know, just give me a sign or give me some kind of message. And I think Mm -hmm. if people will just open themselves up to even asking, you know, that question, they'll they'll be surprised at at what they get. And we didn't really talk about this. But when you do work with people, you're able to give them mediumship messages or intuitive Mm -hmm. messages. And and that ability has just increased uh, over over time over going through these experiences.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, if somebody comes in and they just are needing help with themselves, that's fine. Some people don't feel comfortable with the um, mediumship. That's fine. I won't ask, you know. But a lot of times, a lot of people, they need, they need that connection to work towards their healing. And they need the connection with their loved ones to work towards moving forward in their life, you know, regardless on if it's just the grief or there might be some other underlying issues so um but a lot of times it, it they come to me because they want to connect with their loved ones and it's more like oh this will be fun to try and then come to find out there's something bigger there you know that they need to work through so and it's all thanks to our loved ones
0: wow and embracing that gift for yourself and then being able to help other people just me must so exciting for you to be, able yeah. to be able to do that. I mean, is is it something that does? You don't use it for every for every client, but is it is it something right. you can always count on being able to have that ability?
2: Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, if um, I don't have to use it, but I can at any time. So I'm able to connect anytime. Um. Anytime Now, the the funny thing is sometimes they'll want a certain person to come through, and, of course, I'm just like, well, they're not coming through, but this person is, you know, and that's okay, you know, because the person that comes through is the person that they need healing from,
1: you know, and
2: or maybe they, I know I've had situations where, like, a cousin committed suicide years ago or got into a car accident years ago, and they kind of forgot about it like this cousin they forgot about, and maybe it was they were younger and they pushed it down and they kind of forgot about it. Well, that's what's coming through because that's what needs to be healed, not that your grandmother passed away and you miss her. Because most of the time, those relationships are already nurtured in the physical. So it's when it's those relationships that have not been resolved, those are the ones that usually come through.
0: Right, that's the lesson that you need to learn mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, it's been so yeah, great definitely. talking to you about this. Like, I, I mean, I, I love this topic, and I really want people to not fear, you know, death and and not be afraid of that natural process in life, and and know that you're going to see your loved ones again. And people will be able to see you uh, this summer, um, this month. You're going to be out doing your book tour, which I think is so great. You'll be in Seattle, Washington on july 24th at the barnes and noble here in pacific place um also a couple of other stops in seattle i've never been to seattle it's like one, one of my bucket list places to go oh, cool. <laughs> i've never been up there so you're going to be up there um talking mm-hmm. with people and also you'll be doing some events in your home state of arizona you'll be yeah. in september uh september 5th at the barnes and noble in the west side foothills mall in tucson and then another yes. event in Tucson. And all of this is on your website as well, right? People can yes. go to MistyThompson.com. Um, it's MistyMThompson.com. Oh, I'm glad you told me that. Misty M. Thompson? Yes. uh huh. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. So people can go there and find you and also maybe uh, book you for a session. Do you do uh, sessions over the phone or, or via oh, Skype? absolutely. Yes. Mm-hmm. I do,
2: I do um, sessions through Zoom, and I also do them over the phone.
0: Definitely. Perfect. So, uh, all yeah. the listeners, check it out. Head over to Misty Site Misty M Thompson dot com. Book yourself yep. a session. Or if you're in the Seattle area or out in Tucson uh, in July and also in September, you can see misty in person and ask her some questions and also you're all over social media too I, I see you out there yeah and uh and your publicist at empowered publicity you're on facebook and twitter mm-hmm. all the all the social outlets <laughs> so yes, i'll be following absolutely. you on social media and uh and following your journey and i'm so glad that we could talk today it was so fun yeah. the book is from grief to acceptance people. misty thompson and thank you so much for being a part of the show
1: Thank you for listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.
0: If you're inspired by the teachings of Dr. Wayne Dyer, you will love the Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life podcast with Nadia Dela Cruz. You are a spiritual being having a human experience.